is your definition of success holding you back? So, is it all about the money? If you're listening to this, in fact, if I was listening to this right now, I would probably be sitting there rolling my eyes going, okay, it's another entrepreneur talking about how, you know, it's not all about the money. But why I'm bringing this up is because for me, even though in my head I'm thinking it's not about the money, it's not about the money, you know, um, it actually, it still kind of is in my head. Like it's just been this huge block that I've been trying to get past. Um, and it's come up a bit for me lately. And so I wanted to, to tell a couple of stories and a couple of uh, things in my background about how I've grappled with this and, and how I'm trying to move through this kind of block. Even though if somebody asked me, you know, whether or not I'm successful, um, yeah, I'd probably turn around and sort of throw right back in their face. Well, it depends on how you define success and all that kind of stuff. And But then um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, meeting up with a friend of mine and he uh, invited me to talk to um, a bunch of um, university uh, students like they're not undergraduates, they're in the next level up, like masters and, and PhD students. That would be um, postgrad students, that's the correct term. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun when you're grappling for words and you have to think of them quickly. And uh, yeah, for some reason, like my first thought, the first thing that came to my head when he invited me, and we were just having coffee, and he said, Oh, you know, hey, yeah, I run these things where I bring in mentors and people to speak. and and, uh, you know, I thought that you'd be a great person to talk to. First thing I thought of is, you know, shouldn't you find somebody more successful than me? Like, <laughs> um, I didn't say that out loud, of course. Um, and now if, if he's listening to this, he's going to know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting that the first thing that flashed through my mind is dollar signs. And, and it's like, I don't have enough money in the bank to do talks, to, to talk to people, you know, about that and to to motivate people out of out of university and you know there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on with that but yeah so um that's how I got to this episode and that is more of what this episode is going to be about and uh, how my approach to success in my early years and how I had to have a wake-up call otherwise I um yeah was just going to be stuck in misery for the rest of my life so yeah I'm, I'm going to leave this segment there and, and then move into the next segment and actually get into more of that story I think all right so let's get into my story shall we I was born in no I'm just kidding <laughs> there's that silence <laughs> I'm trying not to say ums ahs and so so there's like a bunch of silence but you'll get used to that hopefully I will get over doing that I have notes here but I didn't do as many notes as last time because I went so off track anyway <laughs> I'm trying to stick to the point um, but yeah look I I grew up in in the 90s and 
um, without putting too fine a point on it, I'm kind of right in the middle between Gen X and Gen Y. Um, and I grew up a bit differently in that we had computers in the house before it was even common for that to happen. And so I sort of grew up a Gen Y before Gen Y people actually were um, big and, and, and popular in that whole drag and drop generation or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But in the 90s here in Australia, we had a really huge um, recession and my father was unemployed for a number of years, despite having been a successful entrepreneur and everything beforehand, um, recession kind of hit us hard. And um, that really had a huge impact on me. And instead of even having any of any of the, the guts to go out and pursue anything different, uh, I, you know, wanted to find some sort of work that kept the money coming in and kept the security and the stability because uh, not having money is not much fun. The other thing that I had in my growing up was that when I was young and I did a couple of creative things, like I had an art teacher who told me I wasn't creative enough and me being who I was, I just thought, okay, fine. And... I didn't do anything creative ever again, especially not anything artsy or anything like it totally killed me <laughs> um, in terms of having any kind of confidence to try anything new. I just, it's like I got beaten on the nose and I just listened to it, which, you know, if I could go back and just slap younger me around, then I would just love to because, uh, yeah, I was a really creative child. Um, I had hundreds of hobbies and you know I played music I you know I drew badly I drew badly but I drew <laughs> um, but I played uh, music and um, you know skipped grades in school very quickly in terms of music and I got you know a medal for choir all that kind of stuff anyway uh, but I never considered myself a creative person and when I came home after the teacher told me that I hadn't been creative after you know producing my creative work like it was you know, we had to be creative in art class and I was totally creative and I thought, isn't this awesome? And she turned around and she said, that's not creative enough. And um, yeah, for somebody who doesn't have a lot of background in being raised in an artistic environment, um, yeah, I just I just stopped. So yeah, that's that's a lot of the, the early years. But basically, you know, to to sort of give you an idea, I kind of became a person that just... Uh, yeah, it was just about money, you know, as you grow up and you go through high school and things and, and you get told that you've got to pick a career and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not sure it's, that's the same now and I really hope it's not going to be the same in the future because the internet is just changing all that. You can see hundreds of options before you and any student who thinks that they even have to do a university degree anymore, you know, if they don't want to, you know, yeah, the the world is their oyster. And in fact, they could probably leapfrog the world just by <laughs> skipping university and going out and teaching themselves stuff and doing what they want to do using the internet. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my early years and uh, I'm running out of time for this segment. If anybody's listening on iTunes, I'm recording these in Anchor and it gives me five minute segments. This means that I have to be more succinct, so that's great for you guys, but then you get these weird, hey, I'm moving into the next segment now, which is probably too super weird, but we will get through this, and I'm just being open about the behind the scenes, because this is a whole behind the scenes thing anyway. 
Alrighty, uh, I'll move into the next section. Okay, part two. <laughs> so, as I said, I wasn't creative enough and then I chose to go into finding some sort of job in high school, didn't know what I wanted to do, let my dad choose all my subjects and then started on the path to be to becoming, you know, to doing business classes at university. Um, now, I am going to speed this up. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not going to be my whole life story. But just what I want to emphasize is that through this whole period, I picked up you know, cues from the media and my parents and, and everybody around me that success is either about your bank account or about people's perceptions of the job that you do. So uh, at university, uh, uh, not at university, in high school, I wanted to do law because I figured that would give me money and status. And I, yeah, really wanted people to look up to me. And at the same time, really cared what everybody thought of me, which is kind of a recipe for disaster and um, will lead me to my doom. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, I get into university and uh, on my first day of uni, despite signing up for a language degree, I talk to somebody and they offer me a law degree. And I figure, hey, sure, why not? Um, I didn't have the best grades. At, universe, at high school because I was busy working at the same time as studying and so I wasn't always on top of everything and you know there's so many more things to do than study so I uh, yeah <laughs> I went sure I'll try out the law degree and then uh, I got into the law degree and realized that that just wasn't going to be for me in the first lecture they say, you know, most lawyers die of a heart attack by the age of 50. And I was kind of like, check please, for um, a bunch of personal reasons. I thought, yeah, you know what? And then the first assignment I went to ask the lecturer, I didn't understand the assignment. And he said to me, I don't know what your problem is. It's perfectly normal and uh, could give me no help whatsoever. So I just went on my way and, and left law. Thank God that is something that I will never, ever regret. Sorry, um, you know, I value what lawyers do, but it's totally not for me. And anyway, basically, I then went off into, you know, got my degree, went off into the corporate world, but it was all about status and money and what people thought of me, which became the biggest recipe for disaster. Uh, trying to worry about what people think of you, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, you sit there, you end up becoming a paranoid mess and... I certainly was always guessing what people thought of me, which is really, you know, when you think of what somebody thinks of you, it's really your own thoughts about what you think of you. And um, when you have a pretty horrible inner critic, um, you know, because I never went down the creative road as a young person and I didn't have to really, I was always able to avoid criticism and except for my inner critic, who was, you know, a pretty horrible um, bitch of a person. I'm just going to swear that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, nobody can be harsher to you than you can to yourself at times. And then that just ended up leading me into kind of a sort of a mental breakdown. It's really hard to talk about. <laughs> I have no idea who will even be listening to this, but 
um, yeah, that's what, that's how it was. You know, um, I went home from work one day. I was crying through my lunch hour. I didn't want to go back and not because the people were horrible, people were fine. It was just, you know, me in a war of my inner critic telling me that I was a horrible person and I hated myself and I hated everything about myself. And, uh, yeah, that's, I had to work through that and it took me, um, a couple of years, a number of years to really work through that properly. But yeah, I definitely, uh, took my main focus for the next few months trying to work through, um, yeah, being a prisoner of my own mind. And I, in, if anybody has dealt with anxiety or depression, you may have some idea of what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you are so unbelievably lucky and, um, yeah, just more power to you. Um, so I'll lead into the next segment, uh, where I talk more about how I got through this and how I got out of it and how it helped me deal with success, etc. So by, uh, unintentional recipe for getting through my own depression and anxiety issues was <laughs> to, in one part, turn around and do everything different to how I'd been doing before. Um, and now that I'm about to talk about this part, I'm not sure if I kind of talked about this in yesterday's episode. Uh, but you know, if it is a little bit of a recap for anybody that listened yesterday, uh, if any of you guys returned, <laughs> um, it's, you know, I did become kind of a version of that movie. Yes, man with Jim Carrey, where he goes around and he says, Yes to everything, anything and everything. Um, it wasn't that extreme, but I did do crazy things like went out and bought a sewing machine, even though I had never really sewed in my life. Um, I started knitting, even though I hadn't done that in years. And like I knit, knit myself a whole like blanket and some scarves and things. Uh, and yeah, I did a bunch of things that, I don't know, they were just the only things that made me feel okay and um, shut out the darkness in my mind and uh yeah then um and you know there was also there was some therapy and stuff and, and that kind of thing and a friend of mine actually said to me she sort of made an offhand comment she said you know oh it's all about how you define success and then that caused me to go and do a bit of research on the internet the you know place of all answers and actually sort of think about this you know how do I define success and I sort of really realized my own thoughts on this and how it was a case of um, you know I just you know yeah it was all about money status and what people thought of me because in order to have status people have to think well of you right um, even though in reality um, <laughs> these days my motto is it's none of my business what anybody thinks of me. And uh, that little statement is the most freeing statement of my entire life. And in fact, um, um, when I have mentioned it in passing to friends who've, who've mentioned things or, you know, they've kind of sort of said to me, oh, I wonder what such and such thinks about how I did this. And I just turn around and I just can't help it. It's like on autopilot. The first thing that comes in my head now is, none of my business what people think of me so yeah and I, I think that even that sentence helped other people so <laughs> that's why I threw it in here and that's uh, a huge part of me coming to grips with with coming overcoming that whole idea of of status and what people think of me 
and this whole thing that you know in order to have status you have to have some sort of normal career and that kind of stuff and if you're listening to me and you have grown up being an artist and a creative you're probably going to roll your eyes because you know that's you knew that probably way way younger than I did and uh yeah if if only anybody had have talked to me about it <laughs> and even then I probably wouldn't have listened because I was a bit of a snot nose up myself teenager um and pretty much yeah up myself right until I fell into that mental breakdown which is a pretty you know um it's, it's um you know while it was the worst time of my life it was actually one of the best times it's like I'm so glad that I went through that because it just uh, made my life so much better because I discovered my creative side and I got a camera and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah some other stories that I'll talk more about another time but this is still my struggle with success and um, you know and somebody asking me hey you know how about you give us a talk to some university students and you know maybe give them some ideas about what they can do with their future and then I start thinking about how I'm a generalist I'm very much a generalist I'm a creative I see connections between things I have not gone into depth on anything really except maybe photography and and storytelling are probably the two things that have had the most time in my life uh, just because I was a writer as a kid and my mum was a writer and encouraged me to write and, and storytell and um, it's about the only um, university unit I ever got a HD in was creative writing um, and uh, when I went back to do my masters in um, arts later on so yes still my struggles with success anyway there's more to come now before I get into how I have learned to redefine my success and, and what success means to me and, and I will give you those answers I actually want to jump into uh, something that I learned recently about goal setting because I think that the idea of success and goals are linked to uh, a certain extent and uh, as in the course of actually talking through this podcast I might even find they're even strong more strongly linked but there's definitely this thing that I came across and it's from this guy and I will just check his name his name is Adam Alter it's on a YouTube channel called Big Think and they feature a bunch of interesting stuff from a bunch of different people they interview and that kind of thing anyway he's talking about how goal setting is a hamster wheel and I will play you uh, a little clip from this in a minute but the idea is is that when you set goals for yourself um, you know the idea is that you set a goal for yourself and you know that goal is something that's going to happen in the future and so that's kind of you know when X happens in the future then I will be happy then I will be successful but it's kind of um, he calls it a hamster wheel I kind of refer to it as a sort of like a fool's pursuit in some ways because the minute you say that that you need this thing in the distance whatever it is you know say say it's still money a million dollars say it's the perfect career or whatever you're saying that right now you don't have that so that puts you into what he calls a failure state. So you've failed before you've even begun. 
this is a bit of my take on, on what he says and I'll put a um, you know a link in to his thing so that you can follow it and, and listen to it listen to the whole part because I can't violate copyright by recording the whole part into here as much as I would love to but it's just when you start thinking about this in this way that you you start off in this failure state and you don't get to be successful until you know you earn that million dollars or thousand dollars a week or that kind of thing it really sets you up for misery and it's a huge part of what our culture and, and that kind of thing does to us especially in terms of we live in a capitalist society we have people who are selling goods and services and the one major way that you sell goods and services is to trigger somebody by pointing out how their life will be better if they have some sort of product or service it's, it's one of the ways right uh, feel free to disagree with me if you disagree with anything I'm saying you can use the call-in button it kind of leaves me like a voicemail and I can choose whether or not I put it into the station or we can keep it private whatever but um, yeah in order to trigger that you have to then be telling somebody that their life is not good enough now and that plays into the whole way we, that we set goals, right? We have to buy into this premise that our life isn't good enough now. It's only going to be good enough when we have this thing that happens later. And in um, the this thing that Adam Alter is talking about, he talks about people who have achieved these huge goals, like running marathons, building multi-million dollar businesses that kind of thing and when they are talked when they're asked about how they felt when they achieved their goals most of them say it was anticlimactic and and think about it for yourself how often have you achieved something and it's like oh yeah I graduated un university so what okay let's move on you know um, and that's certainly the way I was before I had my big breakdown um, yeah it's so um, coming up to the end of my segment here um, I have a few ideas on um, how to combat this and, and I'm putting those into my life as we speak. I'm going to talk more about that and this is becoming a much longer podcast than I had meant to but yeah, um, should only be a couple more segments left plus I'm going to play a little clip from Adam Alter just so you can um, hear it in somebody else's voice um, and also you know that makes things a little more interesting. All right. Really, if you look at life as a series of goals, which for many of us it is, it's a period of being unsuccessful in achieving the goal, then hitting the goal, then feeling like you haven't really got much from that goal, going to the next one, and it's a sort of series of escalating goals. It's a very eye-opening clip, or and if you go and watch the whole thing, it's only about three and a half minutes over on YouTube. It really does sort of start make you thinking about things differently. Even if you didn't before or if you did before and, and you know that success isn't the, the money in your bank account, it still does kind of make you realize that we have this whole approach to goal setting, which is like you're not going to be happy or successful until somewhere down the line. And then when you receive it, you only feel good for about 20 seconds. And then you're right back into your failure state. And... You actually kind of train your brain to be in that failure state too because the first thing you do, and, and Adam Alter talks about this, the first thing that people do when they achieve their goals, they look around for the next goal immediately. Think about it yourself in your own life. How many times have you achieved something and you kind of just 
you shrug it off and start looking for the next thing to go and achieve because <laughs> that's what you think life is all about. So in terms of me and, um, you know, in terms of goal setting at least, um, which is linked into success and happiness, and, and I hope you can see the link. Uh, if you can't, then you're probably going to be thinking that I can't stay on track, but <laughs> um, hopefully you can see the links that I'm making here. And with my goals, instead of having goals like I have to earn a million dollars, um, you know, I have to earn a thousand dollars even, um, I have to earn, oh, I have to be in this kind of job or that kind of job. My goals are now a series of systems, which is what he suggests to create. Um, and he gives the example about writing a novel instead of saying I have to have my novel written or released, published. You, the, the success metric is then coming in and saying, you know, I need to sit at my desk for an hour and write my novel. And then that's the success metric. And then by having that as a system, like I have systems, like I have to exercise for 30 minutes every day. Um, <laughs> I have other ones like I have to, um, you know, try and connect with three different people a week. Um, you know, I have to focus on creating content and that kind of thing. And these are kind of like habits, systems. It's, you know, I guess it's not, it's not new, but I guess if, I have completely sort of abandoned this idea of success isn't going to happen until a long way off because with my new approach, I'm successful right now. And I mean, you know, even if you wanted to hold up um, certain levels of success, you know, I am, because of this, I'm, I'm going about these things and sure, I'm not perfect. I'm not exercising 30 minutes every day. I'm trying to change a bunch of my habits at once, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, the ones that I am getting right, I'm feeling happy about that. And I get to be happy every day, even though, you know, other people could judge me any which way and say, Hey, she's not successful. She doesn't have a corporate job. She doesn't earn a certain amount of money. Um, you know, I work for a local not-for-profit and I build my businesses up on the side and, you know, my businesses don't have necessarily, um, regular, um, people, um, although I am actually going to have a profit this year, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so at least on that side of things, I'm somewhat successful, but you know, I'm not, you know, in, in the, the, you know, earning a certain amount of figures per month and all that. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do about this kind of thing. And I sort of also want to point out that when you're always in this failure state of not being successful, um, you know, it, it limits your actions, it, it affects what opportunities you take advantage of and your interactions with other people. And I'm going to get into more of that in the next segment. Now it's probably not going to come as any great shock to you that if you're in this failure state all the time or you see yourself as not being successful because you haven't achieved whatever that moniker of success is. And and I want to also sort of uh, reiterate that from a lot of the interviews that I've read with a lot of people, you know, who are considered successful, they're because the ones who subscribe to this kind of goal setting sort of thing um, approach, they also don't see themselves successful, even though they might have the millions of dollars because they haven't achieved that other thing. It's going to mean that they are successful or they're still successful or something like that. So 
um, yeah, and, and if you're in this state, you know, regardless of where you are on any kind of ladder that you might be using or any kind of evaluation system, if you want to take any of those kinds of approaches, um, you know, you know, you, it limits your actions, you know, and then, then we're getting into more mindset stuff, but it limits your actions. When an opportunity comes up, you might not take advantage of it. If you're miserable about not being a success, you may not smile as much. You uh, may not be brave enough to start a podcast or get on YouTube or any of these kinds of things because you think that you're not successful enough, you're not good enough, whatever the, the thing is. Um, and I'm, <laughs> now I'm crossing over into other parts, but all these things interlink. It means that you then, if you're not doing that, you're not open up, opening up opportunities and, and you could be missing out on, you know, growing your business, letting people see your art or, or what you can do and that kind of thing. And sure, you know, there's, there's going to be people out there who don't like what you have to offer and, you know, they might leave like a really horrible comment on YouTube, but, you know, the next person could turn around and say, hey, I want to hire you and pay you that million dollars that you're looking for if, if the money is, is even the thing. So, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say about that. It just, it does, it limits your actions, it limits what opportunities you can take advantage of and, and your interactions with people. It, it absolutely changes that. I mean, if you want to, um, you know, increase how your interactions with people can, um, you know, impact your life and your business, that kind of thing, there's a brilliant YouTube channel called Charisma On Command where this guy just, he goes through, he analyzes how people act and, and you know, has given me a whole bunch of information um, and it's, I don't know, much more engaging than how to win friends and influence people. But, you know, I'm a video person, so I'm always going to you know, respond to video. But, um, yeah, I just have a think about it. Like, apply this. Think back on your own life, your own experiences. And, you know, when you're in that down state and, and things like that and, and you're not happy with life, everything's crap. Nothing comes your way. Um, and it always seems to come to the person next to you <laughs> and in fact I was in a little bit of that um, recently and I had to knock myself out of it and and then when you're on a high and everything's just you know uh, compare it to when you're on a high and everything's just sort of coming at you and all the opportunities are falling in your lap even though you're not doing anything and that's all all linked in to mindset and how you see yourself and whether or not you're successful and that is how your definition of success can be holding you back even if you are thinking that, you know, oh, I don't define success as money, but if you're defining success as it happens at a later point, then you're in the failure state. And how are you then moving things forward? How are you creating? How are you going about your life? And how are you interacting with people? This is going to bring me... Um, well, actually, this is kind of... I've done my last two segments in the one because I wanted to pose some questions to you, which I have sort of done that you know think about it for yourself and if you want please connect with me call in on the show hit favorite on um, this podcast in anchor or sign up in itunes um, yeah do do all those things you can come and find me over on facebook i'm um, tiff galelland 
or um, you can find me at Tiffany G Studios on my business page and come and interact and send me through a message or whatever. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you are breaking through or applying any of this stuff, I want to hear about it. Thanks, guys. Point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. So I couldn't help myself with that clip, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, can't talk about success and, and that kind of stuff without, you know, a couple of the good old quotes. Um, yeah, definitely 80s movies had a huge effect on me in that regard. This is going to be my final roundup for the episode. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to say if you've uh, listened to the last couple of episodes, and you're still interested in the kind of stuff I'm going to be talking about, um, there is going to be, it's some of my thoughts, some of my own struggles, plenty of hopefully interesting stories to go along with it. There will be some practical how-tos because I had a couple of people say that they were interested in some of that, and I will get cracking on finding some interviews with other people just because one person can get a bit boring after a while. And, uh... Plenty more clips from movies because I was raised on television and it's kind of my thing. And yeah, there will be some other stuff coming up. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm committing to doing one of these every day. I am going to see how it works out though. Like I may do every day for the first few days and then we might see how practical it is. Um, but some other things that I've got coming up is going to be some more practicalities of uh, what I'm actually doing to build my business for those of you who are looking for that. Um, there'll also be some other thoughts from me because I can't help myself. Uh, I am a bit of an overthinker, but uh, now I have somewhere to talk about it. And, you know, things like why are we always asking for permission? You know, the benefits of playtime for not just creatives but for business owners as well this is kind of a crossover in a, a bunch of my different things that I love doing and that is sort of there's creativity and then there's entrepreneurial stuff but the two definitely overlap um, if you're not continuing to create and innovate as a business owner you are going to stagnate and uh, may not be able to catch the next change or wave of change that happens some other stuff coming up is going to be my struggles as a generalist or a multi-potentialite and I will explain what the heck that is at the time when it comes up and um, some and some other advice from me like don't be worried about what they think of you be worried about whether or not you can get their attention anyway if you want to chat with me, if anything in this episode or yesterday's episode 
spark some kind of chord with you my link to my facebook page is in the bio it's facebook.com forward slash tiffany g studios i think that that is the easiest place to find me rather than my surname which is in kind of hard to spell and there's a few other tiffany galans on facebook and uh yeah I use the same profile picture everywhere, so you should be able to hunt me down on various social media things too. Uh, and yeah, um, I would like to hear from you. I don't really want this to be a one-way thing. I think that gets pretty boring. If you have any feedback about what you love or hate or want to hear more about, I will do my best. If, uh, yeah, just... Mm. Anyway, I hope you have enjoyed, and uh, if not... Uh, I'm surprised that you got this far in the podcast and all the best. And uh, yeah, what are you doing to move your dreams forward today? Okay.